Boston is collapsing. They have lost eight straight coming into tonight. That is a team that looked like maybe they could salvage a wild card. And now, remember when I said they were dead? Well, they're dead. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Yak Sports Podcast back this week. I'm Leela McRae, Joe Deck with me. We're talking about the sports news that matters to you, the Augusta County sports fan. And we're going to start just being excited about high school football. Everybody's got going. Everybody's uh, hitting at practice now. And we got scrimmages coming up this week. And so a good time to get out and kind of get a preview for the season. Um, but I'm pumped about football starting. Uh, I usually try to catch a couple scrimmages just so I have some awareness going into the season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the big time it's August. I mean, it's just get out there and watch football time. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be exciting. The high school football season's getting closer. I know both you and I are looking forward to that. Um, there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines, uh, in terms of this area. I mean, I think really when you're looking at the Shenandoah district, the, the question is, can anybody hang with Riverheads for four quarters? I think, uh, is the biggest question, uh, I, in terms of who wins it, I don't think that's up for grabs. Uh, I think it's going to be a great race for second place. I think there's a you could throw a couple teams into that mix, um, but then it's going to be a question of you know what's that second tier look like uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean to that point, I was talking to our good friend Tom Jacobs. He was uh, mm-hmm. out and about checking out some football uh, last week, and he went by and saw Riverheads, and he was talking about how how huge they are, and for a team that's won three state titles. And we know the speed that's on that team with the returning running backs. I mean, additional size that he wasn't expecting for a guy that covered Riverheads for the last couple of years. That's kind of frightening for, I think, anybody else to hear. And and so when you talk about who can hang with Riverheads for four quarters, I mean, that's a common trend uh, over the last two decades of, yeah, people have hung with them for a half, hung with them three quarters. It's just they just outlast you. They don't make that mistake that um, absolutely kills them. So. I think that's a valid question any year, and I think this year is not any different. I know you're tired of the storyline of the new district and everybody from Augusta County being in the district. From being here, it's just exciting to see, you know, six of the seven local teams in one district. So I'm just really excited about Fort versus everybody because it's it's just cool to see that in district. Um, you know, we're getting the Stanton Fort uh, rivalry going back again. I mean, that used to be just the hot ticket. That was the big game to go to. Fort and uh, Lee at that time, you know, now will they renew it uh, now that they're in the same district? I think so. I think everybody's gonna be really excited to play each other in all the sports, much less football. So I, I, that's what something I'm really drawn to. Um, I think Stanton uh, really has a good shot at being in that second tier um, and maybe the leader of that second tier. They have the returning quarterback in Dodd who really looked good at times last year. Um, they didn't have the record that they wanted last year. I, I think they had some adjustments, but this is kind of the – it seems to me a lot of teams go every other year with their strength, and this would be that every other. You know, two years ago, that team went all the way to Salem, and now they kind of had their dip back down, And but can they rise back up? And I think they can. I think they have a lot of defensive guys coming back. I like the quarterback coming back. Who's going to step up at running back will be interesting. Um, but when you look at the other teams that were strong last year – pretty much looking at gap and Stewart's draft. I definitely give the edge to Stewart's draft oh, there yeah. as they're returning everybody. And gap is return is not returning the name of the Shenandoah district last year in Rivenberg. So it's, you have to give that edge to draft. So when you talk about the second tier and we'll, we'll talk about this all season, I know it, but I'm really looking at Stanton and draft and, and who can kind of step up from there. And, uh, 
you know, both of those teams have beat Riverheads in the last couple of years. They both have players on the roster that will have beaten Riverheads. Draft might be stretching a little bit. I say draft, um, I think it was three years ago. Young. But uh, same coaching staff, at least there. Right. So there's some familiarity with that. They're not going to go into that game thinking they can't do it. They have a recent memory of the guys in front of them doing it. So they're not going to go into that game scared. So it'll just be interesting who can really take their shot at Riverheads. Maybe one of them picks them off. I, I wouldn't predict that right now. But, you know, when you get, I think, draft and Riverheads season finale, that's what it was a couple years ago when draft won. So you draft could be building up to that. That, that could work out really well. Yeah, I, I would say for second tier, I agree with the teams you have in that second tier. I think I would flip them. I think I would give the advantage to draft just but because yeah, I saw draft improve drastically as the year went on last year. And I liked what I saw toward the end of the year versus what I saw at the beginning, which showed growth. And I think they built on that growth. Stanton, there were too many questions throughout the year. It felt like it was a total seesaw the entire time. Um, uh, one week they would look great. And then the other week they would look like a disaster on some aspects of the game. So Look, that's not saying that they can't figure it out and be a very good yeah. team and, you know, only have one loss to Riverheads this year. But I, if you're asking me right now which one I would lean toward, it would be draft right now in that second tier. I gotcha. Draft is that team, though. Last year, they, they, they made the good adjustments to get their athletes on the field. And for a team that I've seen in years past, I mean, they changed their whole offense in like week eight one time. And that mm. really was bothersome. Um, so it worried me last year when they changed their quarterback, but it proved to be the right choice as they right really choice, did get yeah. better and it moved them, it moved them forward. So, um, I'm not going to disagree with your point there. Um, I think it's just the fact that WHSV had their, uh, um, their 20 yard dash on Lee, uh, that I watched today. <laughs> and it reminded me that, oh yeah, Dodd was a good guy last year and he's probably getting better. Um, so uh, yeah, one of those two teams, I think gap is behind that. I honestly think Wilson is behind that. And it's where does Fort fit in? Do they fit into that second tier or do they drop lower? And, uh, you know, people always ask that question. You know, they're coming in the Shenandoah district will be easier for them. Well, the Shenandoah district used to have some pretty weak teams in Stonewall and uh, usually Page. Um, those teams are Page gone. got better, though. They got better. They got better. But that's that's what everybody's thinking about when they think about the Shenandoah district yeah. is those teams that Riverheads was putting 60 on and Gap was putting – 55 on and and lee was rolling through that's what everybody's thinking about those teams aren't there and these other county teams that they're going to be playing are strong teams built with the same kids they have that have experience in winning in recent history wilson gap all of them draft all of them have been there so i don't think fort just comes in rolling anybody yeah they don't take on spotswood and harrisonburg now every week but you're still taking on riverheads and in district draft i mean drafts a team that fort really hadn't been yeah Riverheads is good, I, but I got to say Riverheads is the only game I look at from a Fort Defiance aspect and say probably not going to win that game for sure. Well, um, the other ones, I give them a chance. I, I don't give them a chance I against chance Harrisonburg with, with, with or Spotswood. How they played last year. Yeah, yeah. With how they played last year, I'm giving them that credit. Yeah. Two years ago, I'd still say they were coming in because, mm -hmm, I mean, all mm -hmm. this really changed a year ago. All these decisions were in place a year ago, and at that time, I was like, I mean, if they're 0 for 10 in the – Valley district and they're losing the yeah, gap yeah, yeah. and non district. They're going to lose everything. So they're better as a better program, but I don't, I don't think it's just some monumentally easier road for them. I think, I think I, it's all the logistics stuff. So is the reason I really like it is a close travel. It'd be but nice it, if we had it, seven to seven, but six week, out of seven ain't bad. Every week we're going to have a great game for a radio to call. It's all, you know, backyard brawls. So 
The scrimmages this week, Wilson is at Central Lunenburg. Gap is hosting Allegheny. Fort at Monticello. Uh, Riverheads will host the Jamboree on Saturday. Rain, Waynesboro will be playing there, but not against Riverheads. Riverheads will take on Stonewall and Central. The reason they're not playing Waynesboro, the next week they're playing Waynesboro. Uh, de- location to be determined. So uh, so if you want to see some football, get out there for that. Um, on that topic of Waynesboro, they hosted a youth clinic this past week. And that's something they haven't been doing in Waynesboro. Now, I know other schools do it, and I, I think I've seen that comment eight times uh, following that article as well. We've been doing this forever. Well, all the other schools have solidified their football program. Waynesboro quite doesn't really have that position right now. So it's great that they made that decision to do that. And it seemed like it was a success. They had people there. Um, so hopefully that sparks interest back in the program and, and it can get them headed back in the right direction having a JV program. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a bigger deal with Waynesboro because of the announcement that they had to get rid of their JV program a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. And we keep talking about Waynesboro. We're going to see them week one. They're going to be playing at Wilson. We'll have them live on the radio. So uh, those of you that listen to us on the podcast that aren't aware that we call Friday Night Football on ESPN 1240, The Boss, we will be there that night. You can hear our thoughts and opinions that Friday night. So make sure you tune in for that. So moving on to the NFL. Um I'll tell you what, as a Steelers fan, I am nothing but smiles when I hear all this Antonio Brown nonsense coming out of Oakland. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I just told a Steelers fan that I work with, like, you guys look like the smartest people in the room because that guy is a complete head case. You had the hot air balloon entrance, which is whatever, right? Like, I mean, it's goofy, but it's whatever. But then you have the thing of, oh, he has frostbite on his feet because he wore socks into a a cryogenic freeze thing. And now he's saying that unless he gets the helmet that he wants, he's not going to play football anymore. And he has a blonde mustache. Um, (laughs) Strike three. Uh, I'll give the hot air balloon a foul tip, but then the blonde mustache is strike three. You're out. Um, But Hey, you know, whatever it's John Gruden. You're only paying him $10 million for the next nine years. So what could possibly go wrong? Right. Yeah, one year down, nine to go. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I appreciate the compliment from a Ravens fan that we look smart. I mean, it was so much drama with him week in, week out the last couple years that it was just, I had no, at no point was I like, yeah, we need to keep him. Yeah, this is something we need to work through. No, see ya, go. Juju will catch some balls. We'll get another receiver at some point. Maybe we'll run the ball again as a traditional Steelers team does. I anything like that'll be great. So I, I just can't believe all the nonsense there um, on the opposite side of the coin and not something to uh, it's a hard transition Steelers coach, wide receiver coach, young, younger, younger coach. I mean, he wasn't a young guy uh, has all of our 60 year old listeners are uh, not happy with me right now. He wasn't, he didn't die of old age. The wide receiver coach died at camp. Um, and so Steelers practice and every, all their events all got canceled yesterday. I kind of caught when everything was canceled. I didn't know what had happened. And, uh, coach Drake passed away terribly sad. Um, and it just is a reminder of the important things and, and how, uh, you know, how important life is and, and the game is secondary. Um, but it was just real surprising news and, uh, it's tough, tough to go through. I don't know, Joe, um, kind of trying to relate this to, to our lives. You know, I was on a football team where um, we lost a player the night before a playoff game and uh, in a car wreck, him and his uh, 
him and his family passed away in a car wreck and it was it was terrible and i know these guys are professionals and and there's a sense of they got to go on but i mean you got to take a minute and kind of react to this This is a coach that had been there a bit everybody loved him Uh, you know both sides of the ball guys on both sides of the ball talking about how great a guy he was how much influence they had on him i you know i think this you know holds the steelers back here a little bit but maybe they react well and play for him or some version of that. I mean, emotions, I know these are professional grown men, but you know, you think the emotions at some point could um, kind of turn for them, but they're going to be down and out here for a couple of days. They got to be. Yeah. I mean, the emotions will definitely hurt for a couple of days. I do think this is at a point where when the regular season comes, I don't think that's going to be a factor. If, if anything, it'll be a factor from the sense that they don't have his expertise. Uh, and yeah, so now you yeah. have to replace him. So that's, that I could see playing a role in wins and losses. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's tough. And like you said, it reminds you of the important things. And it also reminds you that, you know, while we all love football and baseball and whatever sport, um, you know, these are just games. And while we're invested and we want our teams to win at the end of the day, um, it's about the, the impacts you make on people's lives that matter more than wins and losses. Well said, so I'll leave it there. All right, it's time to get the NCAA predictions. We're jumping a couple weeks ahead here just because we have some things playing the next couple weeks, but we wanted to get these in uh, and have a time to talk about it. So, Joe, we'll go through, we'll pick all the conference winners uh, and contenders. We'll, we'll have a little discussions, I think, on most of the conferences. And then we'll talk about the college football playoff, which, you know, despite your best efforts, still only four teams. And uh, we'll yep. talk about who's going to win the national title and and some other NCAA news while we're at it. So ACC, who you got? I got uh, Miami winning the Coastal. I'm going to take Clemson winning the Atlantic and Clemson beats Miami. I... <laughs> Miami, I'm, it's hard for me to argue with because I realize there's so much talent there. They do have a new coach. I know he's a familiar to the program and all that, so maybe they don't drop off. But what are they dropping off from? Like, It's not like they were the winner last year. Like They weren't some spectacular team last year. So let's see what they got. I am going to play my homer card. You, you, you bet on me to play the homer card a couple weeks ago when we did our conference drafts. This is where I'm playing it. I think we're going to have a better season than you predict. I don't think we're going to the national championship. I don't think we're going to be, you know, in the playoff, but I think with a loss or two in our pocket, we still find a way to win this coastal and we get in there and we play Clemson. Okay. I, I don't, see that i i don't see ryan I willis don't. i know you don't i don't see ryan willis leading this team to a victory uh in a game that i believe is at miami uh i don't see that happening i don't see this team I, I don't know if i see this team winning week one which is concerning for me uh if i if i felt like they would definitely win week one i would find that more believable um but i don't know if they beat boston college on the road i don't know if ryan willis is capable of leading this team i haven't seen it week in, week out. I've seen flashes of him looking like a college quarterback, but then I've also seen flashes of him looking like he's wearing a blindfold. So I I don't know. He makes some really bad decisions. How good is our line going to be? How good is the run game going to be? I think that's an, I think that's almost a bigger factor. I think Ryan Willis is what he is. I don't think you're going to see a vast improvement from him. He's going to be, I think the run game has to be better for him to be better. 
I think we talk about so many players, so many teams all the time, and we, we assume a year makes them better. And it, sometimes it doesn't play out, and maybe it doesn't play out here. But I'm going to assume he's better. I mean, I know he's going to throw some interceptions this year. I know he's going to take his chances. I know that's who he is. I just think he's going to be better about the moments he chooses, the spots he chooses to take chances in, and and we're, he's better for it. Is he a Heisman winner? No. But I think he can do do well enough at that position that people are going to have to honor the throw, make our running game that much more productive, and he can do it. I think our offensive line is going to be pretty good. I think our defense is going to be pretty good. So as a team, I think we are going to contend for the Coastal Division, and I think we're going to get it. I, I just couldn't choose Miami. I couldn't choose anybody else that other people have been choosing. So that's who I went with. I'm a homer. I admit it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to beat my chest that much if we do do it. I'm going to say, man, I'm glad I'm happy. I'm not going to sit here and say I was right because I know I'm I'm wavering, but I'm picking them. <laughs> I'm picking Tech to win the Coastal, Clemson win the ACC. Who uh, do you got in the as, ACC? As usual, I hope you're right on that. Um, yeah, I know you do. And I hope you're wrong that and we beat Clemson somehow with a miracle. But, yeah. Um, in the SEC, Great. I'm going to take in the East, Georgia. I just think Jake Fromm is one of the most impressive quarterbacks in my opinion, in the country. I think he's going to do it again with Georgia. And in the West, until somebody beats Alabama, I'm I'm taking Bama. And again, I want to pick Georgia over Bama so bad. I want to. I would love it. I would love to see Ugga run wild all over Nick Saban and Alabama. I'm tired of him. Well, but I, I haven't seen picks, it. Cause I, I know. I, I, I just haven't seen it, so I'm taking Bama. I got Georgia. They were leading Alabama late in that game last year. I, and I think Georgia's significant. I think they're getting better and better this year. I think Fromm's still there. I think he's going to be on like on a Heisman uh, mentality there. And I think they get it done. I don't think it's some kind of blowout in the championship game against Alabama, but I think they get it done and they win the SEC and, and they go in as a high playoff team. Uh, I do have Bama winning the other side, them in that game. That Bama versus LSU November 9th game is going to be real big, as it always is. So that's something to watch because LSU is going to be really strong this year. And the other team to kind of watch that could, you know, mix things up with everybody, you know, maybe take a shot at Georgia is Florida. Florida's going to be stronger this year. So all those teams interesting, but I got Georgia over Alabama to win the SEC. And don't forget about the Iron Bowl, too. That could be another. another yeah, Auburn. One. Auburn's always battling around. They got a lot of talent there. I'm not I'm not ignoring that, um, but that that's where I'm at. Yeah. Big 10. Um, if Michigan doesn't do it this year, they're never going to do it. So, I completely agree. It's do or die for Michigan. And I think, I think they get it done. I really, I'm picking them because I think they do do it. Ohio state. They're coming in with a new coach, but a coach that's been there. So I really don't think they fall off much from their usual thing, but I do think Michigan gets them this year and they, they have a quarterback that's coming back. They have good receivers. I, I'm taking, I don't Michigan. like Michigan's quarterback though. Well, he's, I like Ohio Coming State's back. quarterback. Justin Fields uh, is really, really good. If you haven't seen Beyond QB1 on Netflix, he's Jake Fromm is in season one. Tate Martell, who you're not going to get to see play this year, uh, is on season one as well. And then there's some kid that went to Wake Forest, and who knows? I've never heard of him. That's so, what I really find funny, though, about Ohio State is that, like, they're starting to say that they might even be better with Fields as quarterback. But these are the same people that were saying, like, how good Haskins was. And how like the Redskins made a good pick in him, but you're telling me this younger, this other guy is, is supposed to be that much better. He might it be. Makes me Fields is Haskins really good. Fields is season yeah. two. He's the best player by far for season two. Uh, one kid ends up getting benched through the middle of season two, which is <laughs> wild when you're talking about top high school <laughs> recruits. But um, that kid went to Iowa State, so surprise. And then um, there's another kid who goes to Wake Forest. Wake Forest 
and Georgia, uh, the two main states for the first two seasons. Season three drops this Friday. I'm excited about that. So that's based on kids that are now going to be freshmen, I think. But Fields uh, is a really, really good quarterback. Uh, and so that's why I would I agree with you. If it's not Michigan, it's Ohio State. And it's because of Fields. Yeah, I'm not letting a Wisconsin or anybody else drop in oh there. Oh, my God, no. All right, Big 12, where defense is not even optional. It's discouraged. Yeah. Who do you got in the Big 12? Hook them. Hook them horns, yeah. baby. Give me Texas. Let's go. I tried to come up with ways to pick Texas, and I just couldn't get there. You and, go with uh, Dicker the kicker, man. He nails another game winner <laughs> against Oklahoma in the Red River shootout or whatever we're supposed to call it. Well, yeah, don't don't be offensive here. Uh, I got Oklahoma just because kind of the way that you say until someone beats Bama, I'm picking Bama. Oklahoma's just been riding high for so long. I, it, I'm i just going to pick them. I, I don't see how they're going to drop off a whole lot. They have. Um, and uh, Jalen Hurts, they have him there. That's true. I, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not an Oklahoma fan. I'm not a Bama fan. I just like how the kid reacted in the moment where he got benched. He didn't get, enter the transfer portal. He stuck in there, watched the younger guy play in his job. And when that guy went down, he stepped in there and played tough and made winning plays. I'm rooting for the kid. I, I have, I like, I like his way. So I'm going to root for him. I don't know how I'll be rooting for the team, but I'll be rooting for him. And I got Oklahoma winning that division, but I like your Texas pick. I'm not going to argue too much with that. I think everybody's going to beat up. He did enter the transfer portal eventually. That's how he ended up at Oklahoma. Well, eventually, but not immediately like the kid at Clemson did. Not immediately like the kid at Miami is probably about to uh, in Tate Martell. He'll probably re-transfer somewhere else now. I was going to say, this would be school number three for him. But yeah. Yeah, now that Miami has uh, declared Jalen Williams, the redshirt freshman, the starter, Martell, you know, it's just that's the joke on Twitter today after they announced that. So I, <laughs> I, I like what Jalen Hurts did. So I'm going to root for the kid in a world where so often we see kids beating their chest, making money signs, getting suspended because they're taking money. Whether you like it or not, planting flags in the middle of opposing fields. This kid did what you want him to do. And what more can you ask? So, yeah. Um, I agree. I, I do think Texas is going to find a way to do it this year. They beat them last year. I think they're going to beat them again this year. Uh, and now we go to the Pac-12, which is a total shot in the dark, if I'm being completely honest for you, for you uh, or to our listeners, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But If we had a 12-sided coin, we could just flip that. And yeah, <laughs> and I would be okay with any of them that came up. I, mean, I don't <laughs> care. One, the winner of the Pac-12 is going to play in the Rose Bowl, and that's only because contractually they're obligated to play in the Rose Bowl. They won't deserve to be in the Rose Bowl, but they'll be there. Um, they're going to lose the Rose Bowl to whatever team comes second place in the Big Ten uh, just because the Pac-12 isn't real football. It's, Ohio State or Michigan, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's offensive. The Pac-12 is actually offensive. I'm glad it's on late at night when I'll be asleep usually and I won't have to watch it. And this isn't East Coast bias. This is talent bias. Um, you don't have any, and I'm tired of watching this conference and trying to pretend like I should respect it. I think... I, I I came up with this opinion listening to someone talk on Tony Kornheiser's podcast the other day, and they were talking about how the Fox network is going to be putting those big 12 games mostly, the best game of the week, on at noon. And we talked about this a little bit. And then the Pac-12 was looking to play with their schedule to see like when they could get in a good slot because they didn't think they were getting the viewers late at night. I think the Big 12 should hold some games and play them later at night. So those games are on 11 and 12 at night. Um, so maybe start them at 10. I don't know. I, I think you can pull what? it off. You get the hour difference, uh, might be able to help you just a little bit and get those games with no defense 
that would keep me awake on a Saturday night watching all that offensive firepower. I'd be for well, that. Well, there's I, offense I like in the Pac-12. It's just not good. It's just against it's, even worse defense in the Big terrible. 12. Yeah. yeah, it's just even worse defense in the Big 12, surprisingly. At least the Big 12, like, do have some playmakers on offense that, like, really can eat up a defense. It's almost like the Pac-12, like, it's just Little League, you know. Yeah, the Pac-12 is kids playing because they have no future in football after this. Like, which, good for them. I mean, they're playing at a D1 school. Uh, yeah. Other than the kids at Stanford, yeah, whoopee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, I guess this is my way of saying I'm picking Washington State because Mike Leak <laughs> is their coach, and I can't name another coach in the Pac-12. You just want to see him in some like uh, late season press conferences and, and talking and, about the playoff. Yeah, yeah. Why Washington State should be in it because they're going to win the Pac-12. <laughs> Which, sure, put him in. Let him get sacrificed. I love it when he talks about anything but football. That's my favorite. <sighs> so he's great. I have Oregon uh, and Washington sure. was the other team I was toying with. I think those are the two favorites. I don't think Washington State is, but I, I'm as confident in my pick as your pick as I am my picks. But I, I have Oregon just because they have had the most success recently. Um, uh, yeah, according that's according to the top twenty five, they would agree with you. They also think Utah is going to be better than Washington State. Washington State did make the preseason top twenty five, so not outlandish. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we're looking at the preseason. I'm looking at the preseason top twenty five now. Way too many Pac-12 teams on this list. Holy crap. Washington, Oregon, Utah, Washington State, Stanford. That's way too many. Get out. None of those teams are going to finish in the top 25. How many ACC teams are on there? ACC. We have Syracuse uh, in at 22. Uh, Clemson. Uh Uh-oh. Two? We have two. We are better than I the Pac-12. I guarantee we have more. Miami is better than Washington State. You could field an all-star team of Washington and Washington State, and Miami would beat them. I would agree. Note, non-power, noteworthy teams. I'm saying Boise State. They have an early game with Florida State that will kind of control if they're going to have a chance to be undefeated or not. Florida State's not very good, so I do think they can win that game. I, I, if they're any kind of good they should win that and shouldn't be too big of a problem. That's the kind of team I'm watching out for, but I don't think they're a playoff buster. I don't think um, they'll be given the credit. I, uh, maybe this is a team you can jump onto like UCF last year. Um, but I think Boise state has a chance of going undefeated and kind of, you know, being in the mix at the end of the season on, you know, where they should be, but I don't think they're going to be in the playoff. We should add the caveat. We are also including Notre Dame in this non power five. Um, that's fine. Or, I mean, still... not including them in this list. I mean, we include them in with the power five because they have been given a, you know, a grace, but thing that's where they fine. don't have to that's be in a conference. Have nothing to note for them. So you think Boise state's going to be better than Notre Dame? Cause I don't, I don't know about better, but more noteworthy because they could go undefeated. I don't think Notre Dame's going undefeated. I don't think Notre Dame's going to have an impact in the playoff. Yeah. Um, Boise State's not going to have an impact either. None of these teams outside the Power Five are because that's the way the system is drawn up. Um, But I want to pick UCF, but their quarterback is broken and they're not going to be good. So I'm going to go with a team that ended the season in the top 25 last year. They've had back-to-back 10-win seasons. They've looked pretty good when they've played good competition most times. And I'm going to go with Army. Um, That's a team that has looked really good. For the life of me, I can't understand why Georgia Tech didn't try to hire that coach. It's the same offense, but they decided they didn't want to run the triple option, which whatever, you've just sacrificed at least two, maybe three years of your program. Yep. Um, but that's fine. I, I do like Army. I think they're going to be good. They're definitely going to win the Commander-in-Chief trophy, no doubt. They're going to take care of Air Force, and I think they beat Navy again. 
Yeah, they they played Oklahoma very tough last year. That's a game uh, they took them into overtime. Yeah, yeah, they were they were real close to beating them. Uh, and I would have loved it if they did because it would have saved me from watching Oklahoma in the playoff. But it also was the same night we lost to ODU, and it would have maybe helped us not have as much attention. Oh my god! Um, Speaking of that, but, well, no, I'll save it for that. But week. Army, Army, I I'm not going to root against your pick. I like I like Army. I I hope you're right that they're <laughs> you noteworthy. Got, <laughs> you're trying to tell me they're better than Virginia Tech. I don't know. I can't figure out a way for us to have a bet on this, but I would like to bet get them to this. schedule it. Get them to cancel the Furman game and make it Army. I'm, I'm, I'd be all about that. That'd be awesome. But I, I, I want to come up with a way. I don't think we can do record because Army schedule is atrocious. It's bad. I don't think we can do just final season ranking because if they really are one loss, that buys you some spots, even if you're not better than the teams in front of you in the rankings. It just does. So if a listener out there or you come up with a way that's a reasonable bet for us to bet Virginia Tech versus Army kind of mindset here, I'd like to hear it. We'll take we'll take any ideas anybody has. If Army beats Michigan, they're better than Virginia Tech. Yeah, if they go undefeated. If they go undefeated, I'll concede that. Army's not going undefeated. They don't even play Notre Dame this year. I thought they did. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but the rest of their schedule is easy. All right, so we have all the conference winners. How did that fall into the playoff for you? Uh, my four playoff teams, it's going to be Clemson. It's going to be Alabama. It's going to be Michigan. And I wanted to put Texas in here, but like you, I think Texas is going to slip up. I just don't think it's going to be against Oklahoma, so I think they're going to have a tiebreaker over Oklahoma. But the slip-up costs them a chance in the playoff, and I think they put two SEC teams in, and I think it's going to be Georgia. I think Georgia and Alabama could very well be undefeated when they meet in the SEC championship, and I think one loss to the other one in a close game is not going to cost them a playoff spot. Um, I think that's very possible. You never know with the SEC. Those one losses can get going in there. I think they both could come in with one loss and still both be in that game and meet each other. Um, But... I have the exact same teams as you, just different order. I have Georgia number one because I have them winning the SEC. I have Clemson number two. They'll probably be undefeated, but I I guess I kind of indicated an undefeated Georgia team there. So that's kind of what I went with there. I got Bama third, and I got Michigan fourth. And that the only way to explain that 3-4 is that they're going to rig it right in that last week to make sure they just don't have a Bama-Georgia rematch in the first round of the playoffs, and I'm fine with that. I, I'm honestly fine with them just making it a TV show and making sure they have the better matchup for TV and getting the teams a little mixed up. I know that puts Bama versus Clemson number four, I guess that would be, in that semifinal, but after last year's championship game, I don't I have to see that in the championship game. I can see that in the semifinal and be just fine because – I think whoever won that game is probably going to have a really good hand in the final. See, with mine, you're going to see it because I, again, I have Clemson one. I have Bama beating Georgia. So I have them being number two because I think they'll say, all right, both of these teams are undefeated. We don't want Bama and Georgia to play each other. Clemson beat them in the national championships. We'll give Clemson the one. We'll put Bama two. We'll put Michigan three, Georgia four. We'll see Georgia Clemson, which will be a great game. And we'll see Bama Michigan, which will not be a great game. Uh, Michigan will get sacrificed to Nick Saban and Alabama will roll through them. But then Michigan's going to get rolled by any of those teams in that playoff. Yeah. Clemson Bama four. uh, And I I do, I think Clemson is just better. And I think Clemson will win. I think Dabo Sweeney is the one coach in America who has Nick Saban's number. I think Dabo is good. I don't, 
I'm getting tired of them already, <laughs> but I, I think they're good. Um, but I got Georgia beating them this year. I think Georgia's strong. I'm, I'm really high on Georgia this year. I liked a lot of what they did last year. They were really on the cusp last year. They just didn't close it out. They have a lot returning, taking Georgia to win it all over Clemson. So that's my, my, I, I honestly just wanted to pick a little bit different than Clemson Bama final and Clemson winning it or Bama winning it. So that might be part of it too. I, I can't argue with your picks. We have the same teams in the playoffs. So it's, I can't argue with you. Um, and your arguments make sense, but I got Georgia doing it. That's much. That's my pick. Okay. I think this is the least combative we have ever been about predictions. This is, and it's college. It's college football, and and that's the thing that kind of getting to Nick Saban had a um interview answer recently where he was saying he wants the Power Five teams to only play Power Five teams. To oh, not please, play outside the Power. Let's five. do it. I think that would be great for college football. I think it would help rating. You'd have more big games. Uh. I, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I don't I don't know the drawbacks to that. I guess that hurts everybody that's not in the Power Five. That would hurt your UCF. That would hurt Boise State. That would hurt those kind of teams that are on the outside looking in. But I think it would make the, what we get in the Power Five that much better. And, um, yeah, that's I, I would be just fine with it. I would be just fine with it, too, because let's stop. Look, if we're going to have the system we have now, I want everyone to have a seat at the table. But if we're really going to make it to where they're never going to get a seat at the table, then let's just make it official and don't even have them in the game. Just yeah, have them go I'm to a different house. Don't even invite them into the building for Thanksgiving. Tell them, you go celebrate Thanksgiving somewhere else. You're not actually part of us. Yeah. So you haven't, even beat, you haven't beat any Power 5 teams. How could you even make the argument? Yeah. Yeah, so just move them out. Um, have the power five all play each other because then I think, you know, and look, this is, this would actually hurt Virginia tech in my opinion, because I think Virginia tech would actually have to play a much tougher schedule than they've played in a long time. And it would probably hurt them. But here's yeah, the other thing to that. That makes me mad though. No, Virginia tech has <laughs> opened up. They've played these non-conference games. They played enough big games. Like what is, what's the argument? And I don't think you make this argument necessarily, but you hear it all the time. Well, Virginia tech can't win that big game. They can't beat Bama or any of these teams in the early season, but they play them. They get in those games and play them. I agree. They play them. Uh, they did beat Ohio State one year. The, yes, the year they ended up winning the national championship of all beat years. Beat LSU in, in Blacksburg. They beat um, – they beat – they've won They've hung with Bama. Games. They were a phantom offensive pass interference away from beating USC the yes, year they won a national yes. championship. Now they that's going back into the quarter. time machine. Yeah, but – They were I, asleep I, for a quarter against Boise State. And I know that's Boise State. That's a little different. But still, that was one of those big-time games. They, you, you can't say that team loses all those big games if you, if you say they're not in them. The West Virginia game the other year, that was built as a big game. And they went in there and won it. Yeah, but West Virginia wasn't good. But, yeah. Um, look. What I, do you want them to do? I guess I've distracted you, you on this other, I've distracted you on this other thing. My thing is, Virginia Tech's going to play more of those games, right? You, you can't play your ODUs. You can't play your Furmans in Rhode Islands. You can't play your William & Marys. Like, you're going to have to play other teams so who did they go to do, does that mean the wisconsin game finally happens that keeps getting pushed out every that's wisconsin five years um does we that mean michigan on our schedule does that mean up? we play michigan does that mean we play penn we state what a great rivalry by the way virginia tech and penn state those are two huge loyal fan yes. bases that would be great tennessee would be a great team to pick up um i'd love to see us play south carolina again just did play tennessee the other year that that but, goes along but, with my argument i know okay you're but i'm saying if you're doing a power five only then yeah. that that can become an annual or semi-annual game get like a, a rotation of like tennessee west virginia some of penn state west virginia like, needs to be an annual regional, thing in that. like get those rivals in that'd be great west virginia would need to be an annual if they do that in my opinion that'd be fine. I'm, I'm fine with that i 
I hate rewarding Morgantown, but I would be fine with that. It's a rivalry. It's a great rivalry. We have some of those. I mean, some of those teams you like said we should have, we do have coming up. Like we have. No, but I'm saying it's going to happen more often, which I think is good for college yeah. football. I Penn think that State, that's 2025. good. Twenty twenty five. Liam, that's six years away. That's no time, man. Trust me. It goes uh, quick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we got West Virginia going up, coming up again. We got Penn State in, in 2020. We got Penn State next year and 2025. Sorry. They split that series up. Holy uh, cannoli. You put a whole Duke recruiting class up. between Duke. What? I said Purdue. Oh. Duke, Duke's in our conference. I was going to say, that's why I was getting confused. I was like, what are you talking about? We play them every year because they're in the coastal. But yeah, Purdue. State. Uh, the Wisconsin thing's gone but away. But look, okay, so let's say we even play Power Fives only. You're going to get your Purdue's. You're going to get your Vanderbilt's. I mean, those teams are still yeah, on the schedule. We're getting two or three more great games a year. I agree. Honest. I think it would be good. And, and I, so is Alabama, and so is Clemson. And so oh, I think that's I think that's your bigger one. Alabama likes to beat their chest and say they play Power 5 teams. You play Duke. You play Louisville. You play bad teams. Uh, I think we've had this argument once before, and I, I don't think they shy away. This year is Duke. Uh, they made this Great game matchup. when Duke peaked up, so I'm not going to slam them for it. Yeah, well, let me tell you, I'm no fortune teller, but I didn't need a crystal ball to tell you Duke wasn't going to survive for too long. <laughs> I wish I could see just a uh, future schedule for Alabama. Here we go. Um, this is great, great uh, podcasting here. They got, they play USC next year in 2020. Oh, I wow. Is, no, I know USC is down, but that is not a team. You can just say that's easy. Yes, it can. is. I will say it right now. They will win they that game by 28 points. They will win that game by 28 points. Reggie Bush was still driving the car they gave him. I when doubt they that. You don't that know game. when they scheduled that game. They play Miami the year after that. All right. They play Texas the year after that. Okay. They play Texas the year after that. Okay. They play Wisconsin the two years following. Mm. Then they got West Virginia's, Notre Dame's, Oklahoma's. Tell All me right. where they have each year they have a Power Five team that's worth scheduling. Let's. I hate Bama. I hate Alabama, but people. Let's say kick them off Bama. the schedule. Because they play Kent State in week. Yeah, like I don't need wings. They play these weak teams in I like November, that. and that's what sticks with everybody. I but don't that's need that. They've already played somebody awesome the first week of September. All right, well, if you're so awesome, play another Power 5 team. I, I agree, but th- I don't blame them for doing it this way. No one else is doing it. Why do they have to? They, they're winning Because they're Alabama, that's why. Eh, they still win the same trophy not doing it. That's gross. Once we make them do it, that'll be fine. They'll do it. They'll probably still win is a sad thing. Whatever. Baseball talk, Joe. Your Orioles, you're looking for redeeming qualities, and I can't say Saturday night was one of those redeeming qualities. Or Wednesday night, or any of the nights. Um, or the Yankees series uh, in general. So let's start, let's go chronologically, right? Uh, so we had the outfielder dive, the ball hits his head, you tag me on Twitter, and you get downgraded to guy I work with at the radio station. <laughs> then... The next night, I get back from a different Valley Baseball League game, and I see on Twitter, Chris Davis and Brandon Hyde have had an altercation in the dugout. And I'm like, altercation? What does that mean? It's a redeeming and I look, quality. I look at it. It is a redeeming quality. Let me tell you why it is a redeeming quality. Because finally, people in the organization are tired of Chris Davis. 
So, and some of this is going to be alleged, but this is coming from, you know, people who aren't, you know, fan sources. These are some actual writers that have said this. Apparently what happened is Chris Davis in one of his, you know, I don't know, one billionth strikeout of his MLB career came in and slammed his helmet on the dugout. The helmet then proceeds to hit Brandon Hyde. To which Brandon Hyde says, maybe you should focus on hitting the ball instead of your manager. (laughs) Which, if he said that, thank you. He's just saying what everyone else is thinking. Now, I don't know why Chris Davis gets more angry at that than his performance, but he does. Uh, I like Brandon Hyde. Brandon Hyde is a breath of fresh air. And I know some of this is going to sound like I'm totally contradicting myself to what people in the athletic and USA today and ESPN and all these other people say barstool, which is by the way, just Boston sports network uh, says about the Baltimore Orioles, which I'll get to them here in a second. Barstool is like a notch, a not uh, just a half a notch higher than us. It's just guys that I'll get to them in a second. Business having I'll I'll get to them in a second. Don't worry. Um, But when those guys do it, it's different, right? When we do it, It's our own. Like, we can say the Orioles suck, but you outside people, don't tell us how bad we are, okay? We're not the worst team in Major League Baseball. There's the Detroit Tigers, okay? They're still worse than we are. Hey, you're four games up on those Tigers. We're gaining on the Marlins. (laughs) We're gaining on the Royals. (laughs) Give us a break. Um, But Brandon Hyde doesn't insult my intelligence. When the team goes out there and gives up 23 runs, he says, yeah, uh, we don't have Major League pitching. Great observation, and I love it. Thank you. Now, are the I'm sure the MLB pitchers are pissed that, well, quote-unquote MLB pitchers on our team are pissed that he said that, but... No, they're back at Norfolk, so... Yeah, right. in all reality, they're not really MLB <laughs> pitchers. Uh, so I don't have a problem with it. And apparently, some of the players like it. They like that he's honest and doesn't take it easy on him and just pats him on the back and says, oh, you know, who cares, guys? Um, he wants to see effort. I haven't seen that out of Chris Davis, and I think that's the worst part about it. I, I do question Chris Davis's effort. Here's here's Chris Davis since we gave him a big contract. He's hitting something like 191 since we gave him a huge contract. Uh, his on-base is 282. He's had the statistically the worst batting average in the history of Major League Baseball among qualified hitters on his resume. Jim Palmer has questioned his work ethic. We've had guys just straight call him out for not doing the simple things and he like laughs it off and acts like he doesn't care constantly says i'm gonna change this up and then he never does he is the worst player in the history of major league baseball in my opinion and (laughs) he has no business being in baltimore anymore i don't know why he's on the team i was hoping this situation was also going to result in the orioles cutting him because what's the point i don't want that cancer in the clubhouse he's not a motivational thing for young players he's not teaching him anything other than how not to play major league baseball so just cut him i'd rather pay him to not be a baltimore oriole and by the way when we do this thing where we honor all these former players and we honor the 2014 al east division champions in 2024 as the last team to win the al east uh don't bring chris davis as a part of it i don't i want to pretend he doesn't ever play for this team. I want him to be Sammy Sosa. I want to forget that he ever put on an Orioles uniform. I can't stand Chris Davis, and I have no nice things to say about him. And I wish he didn't share the same birthday as me. It's offensive. (laughs) Well, about the only thing worse than your Orioles of late 
and it might not be worse, but pretty much just as bad are my Pirates. Uh, they went in the All-Star break, and I kind of, before the All-Star break, I said, man, it's going to be a tough week. If they play well this week, it's going to be a good sign, you know, going in the second half. And they did what they had to that week. I mean, they only lost two games that last week, and it was looking good. Since then, they're 4-24. and 24. They've lost their last eight straight, and they're 1-9 and nine in their last 10. Absolutely terrible. They're at the bottom of the NL Central. No chance of coming out of it. They're talking about the manager going. Hey, there was a big fight there the other week. That was pretty fun to watch, but they can't win a ball game. So uh, that's pretty depressing for me. I'm, I'm not going to go on for 10 minutes straight about how awful they are and which players, you know, as a, as a person, as a human that I hate. Um, but I, I am disappointed with how they've been. And I was, I was more optimistic at the All-Star game that, hey, maybe they can play, be relevant. They will not be. So that's disappointing, and that's where we are. Some other cool baseball news that came out this week, or I think is cool, is Major League Baseball, they're going to play a game, like Field of Dreams game. They're going to play it at in Iowa. Um, it's a Chicago White Sox home game, but they're going to go out there one night in the middle of the series, play in the middle of a cornfield. They're building the stadiums, the rough, wrong word, but they're building the place they're going to play at for this game in middle of that cornfield, leaving the movie set cornfield intact, but just over the little bank from them. Uh, you'll walk through that area to get to the field. There's only gonna be like 6,000 fans there, 8,000 fans there. Um, I think it'll be something to see and I like it. And I like when the, when major league baseball does stuff like this. I like it too, but can I say 6,000 is too much and they should just play on the actual field and just say like the players families can come and that's it. I don't, you don't need fans at this game. Just, just have it be a TV spectacle. Just have it be cool. Just have it be what it is in the middle of that field. But yeah. I think there's a power Whatever. line. Whatever. Who cares? Too. Good. <laughs> Have it be the real Field of Dreams. It, it almost takes away from it a little bit that it's not on the actual Field of Dreams for me. I do hope when they build the stadium, they don't put a fence around the like. It, you just go They're into the cornfield. Like, see through. They they are putting a fence, but it's going to be like I don't want the see through fence. See the corn. No, I, I want it. I want it to be the corn. A major League Baseball field is expected to have that they're trying to maintain and i think they're doing their best to incorporate the the cornfield i i like it i straight up i like it without even throwing darts at it i like it i like that they're doing it i like it i want to book you with oriole stuff though because i did forget about the barstool thing I, no stay here a second but i like when i like when major league baseball does this they go every year now to play at the in williamsport or right near williamsport oh, in a minor league stadium yeah i like that they do that you probably think they should just play on a little league field um, I mean, the Yankees play, do, but yeah. They they play at the College World Series uh, stadium this year. I liked that. Uh, they built a um, at, down in North Carolina at the Fort, uh, I guess that's Fort Bragg. I'm not sure which fort they did, but um, at the military base, they built a stadium um, that actually only sat like 4,000. That was actually going to be smaller than what this cornfield is going to be. Um, I liked when they did that, and it just reminds me of one of my – favorite games of all time triple play 97 on playstation they had the cornfield they had these made up fields they had one that was on in space and you'd hit like a thousand foot home run but they had these different parks that you could unlock with cheat codes it reminds me of that and i like it so baseball major league baseball do more of this it's one game at a time it's one hitters that's that's fine like i i don't want entire series i don't want people's home fields to be all screwed up but one game make it happen be awesome be somewhere cool go to a certain fan base and play games 
I like that they go into Mexico City. I like when they go down to Cuba. I like when they go to these different places because it honestly makes me turn over there to just to see a different ballpark, a different place that baseball is played. I like it. I it gets my interest. Yeah, it's cool. Um, now go on with the Orioles. Yeah, let me book in you with the Orioles. I forgot about the Barstool thing. So Barstool tweeted a play that was a bad play. It was a low light. It's going to go down as bloopers of the year for the Orioles when Santander uh, tried to pick up the ball and then it slipped out of his hand into the right field corner and the guy ended up getting inside the park homer on it. Um, And they put relegate the Orioles. Well, fun fact, we did win that game, which I guess they didn't see because they were busy watching the Red Sox implode live, um, which, you know what, we're rebuilding. So that's why we're not going to make the playoffs. What's your excuse with with a giant payroll and a bunch of chuckleheads? You're, you're the leaders of your team are a person who's more worried about what Dennis Eckersley says about him and a guy who thought a 10-year-old was the leader of the clubhouse when he played for the Chicago White Sox and he cut up jerseys just because he didn't like them. So, yeah, you know what? I will say this. I will take the Orioles players' uh, attitudes over the Red Sox players' attitudes. The Red Sox are a bunch of head cases, and I'm so glad we traded Andrew Kashner there, and now he is just absolute garbage. But to go back to your thought uh, and to close out baseball talk, <laughs> Um, it is cool. These, these various sites. I do remember triple play 97. I also remember all-star baseball, which also had the cornfield and they didn't put a fence there. It was the corn was the fence. And that's why I want it so bad. It looks so cool. I just, the visual of that would be so cool. Let the players, you know what? If the players run into the corn and catch the baseball, then it's an out. I'm fine with that, but just let it be. But like, if you hit one off the wall, it's just like rolling into the corn. Yeah. And then they have to go get the ball. Okay. Like, I was actually excited when I got to high school and didn't have to deal with the ball just rolling forever in the outfield. Like, Little League, you know, we, we played on a horse. We played in in Spotswood. Not Spotswood near Harrisonburg. Spotswood out in the middle of Augusta County near Rafane. And it was on a field that was rectangle because they did horse shows there. It was a it was the rectangle for, like, horse events. So left I'm not field, asking him to play it at a dressage you know, field <laughs> left field was 300 feet. Right field was like 150. So if you could just hit it the other way, you're going deep. I don't need craziness. Like I'm fine with them having a wall. I don't think that's, that's crazy to ask for a major league baseball game. I think it's crazy when you're playing in a cornfield to ask for a wall. How's the <laughs> tractor going to get to the corn? <laughs> Go around. No, the corn's going to butt right up against it. <laughs> Can't go under it. Yeah, like I think they'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Time for the D block where we talk about what's dominating our life and things you need to know. And I'll start off with what's dominating my life. And uh, you know, during the summer anymore, gymnastics has crossed over for me for Olympic sport that. Um, you know, most people tune into every four years in my house. Gymnastics is a yearly thing. Uh, you know, we don't watch every single competition. We're not there year in, you know, 12 months a year, but every summer we look for the national championships for gymnastics and we watch it and we've watched Simone Biles win most of these six straight that she's just won. So, uh, we've been watching a lot of that this weekend and really enjoyed it. Simone Biles is just so impressive. Uh, she has won those six straight U.S. titles. She won all those gold medals at the last Olympics. She's on pace to do it again. She also pulled off this historic triple-double flip thing. I can't even explain it. It was just her flipping around in the air a bunch of times. It was crazy. It looks impossible, but she does it. She's just a little ball of muscle, and she's fun to watch. Um, 
She's also stepping up, and this it gets a little negative here. Everybody's aware of the negativity surrounding gymnastics with the grown-ups that have messed it all up for these uh, athletes um, and, and messed them up as more than just athletically and everything. Just terrible things have happened. Um, Simone Biles is starting to step up and speak um, to their treatment, speak to like how everything's being reacted to and stuff like that. And I respect her for that. I also respect that she's kind of doing it on her own time. And like, as she develops her voice for that, she's coming out with it. She's not rushing it. She's not feeling forced or she's, she's not acting like she's feeling forced to speak out to that. So I really appreciate um, what she has to say even more so, because I think, you know, she had an opportunity two years ago to kind of say more two or three years ago, more about it. And she didn't feel comfortable doing it then. Now she does. I really enjoy that. Um, it's, it's seeing these athletes grow and we've watched enough gymnastics now that it, it, you've seen these girls every year. You really do see them grow up. And I like that out of Simone Biles. I like seeing these other girls, you know, we kind of had the same group of girls, these last two Olympics. And I think Simone Biles is about the only one that's going to carry over this time. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested to see who else pops up and, and my, my girls love watching it. And so I'm excited uh, to watch it with them. So. I agree. Um, I, I don't watch this every year. It's not an annual thing for me. Uh, it is just Olympics. But, you know, I am happy that she's doing well. And, you know, every four years I put, I wrap myself around the flag with it and, you know, root for Team USA to win, obviously. Uh, and then I think the other thing you touched on there at the end is is important. And I think these women need to be supported in this. It shouldn't, sure. it shouldn't be a thing that is even up for debate. Um, and we need to make sure that there are safeguards, not only in gymnastics, but in other sports, especially yes. youth sports in general, to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. We need to take more steps to prevent it, that in the future. It is crazy to me. And as a parent now too, like what these families decide to do with the raising of their children to be dedicated enough to, to make it to the Olympics. And, you know, at a young age, they're shipped off for training. And it, it's just, it seems crazy. And, um, I think other sports are getting more like this. I think we're moving towards this in other sports where everybody's specializing and younger and younger people are committing to one sports. And now everybody's going to, you know, be transferring to private academies to play these other sports. You know, you're going to have other problems that could exist that have happened with gymnastics. So I think everybody needs to learn these lessons now to the other side of this. I want to ask you, is there an Olympic sport either in the past or now that you have that has crossed over, that has has turned has not been an every four year thing, even even if it was for a little bit like you started watching something outside of the every four years and now maybe you don't as much, but maybe when you were younger. No, you not really. Um, not even curling. You couldn't curling. You just couldn't grab onto. No, because we're bad at it. <laughs> and I mean, curling's fun to watch, but yeah, it's four years for me. Yeah, it's four years. Uh, if I was watching myself, if I was sitting in front of a TV watching curling like on the regular, then <laughs> yeah, I would have to check myself in somewhere because I'd have to admit I have a problem. Track and field's the only other thing that we like no. sometimes find outside, but we don't we don't look forward to it. We don't like have it hey gymnastics is coming up in the middle of august like we really enjoy the track and field and it kind of surprised me we haven't grabbed onto like the national championships but it ends up only being every four years for us so yeah what's dominating my life is the thing that crossed over from the world cup being every four years to an annual thing and that's liverpool uh we got a big win against norwich city in the opener 
We kicked off the Premier League season Friday with a 4-1 win over Norwich City where we dominated. The only bit of bad news, and it is kind of a big deal, is our goalie got hurt. Uh, and that's going to be a problem. So now we're on a reserve keeper uh, for probably, you know, it, it looks like four to eight weeks, I think is what I saw. Um, it's sad um, because he is a really good goalkeeper. What I saw from our back line in that Norwich City game wasn't great, and it worries me for anybody other than Allison being between the pipes. So we'll just have to see how Adrian does. We brought him in uh, to be the reserve keeper. So he's getting to be the starting keeper now for 48 weeks. Hopefully Liverpool doesn't drop points. We can hold serve. And then when Allison comes back, uh, we can get back to our winning ways. Uh, Cause it's going to be an absolute dog fight with man city again this year. Uh, it looks like those two teams have definitely separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Yeah. I'll take your word for it, but I I'm going to try every so often on a Sunday morning particularly maybe when Liverpool's playing to try to have the game on. I'm not making any promises. I'm just going to try to do that for you. Okay. Okay. Well, what do you know that I need to know? Speaking of TV, um, TV contracts suck. I hate them. Uh, I hate everything about television and what it takes to get it. Uh, I, this is what I want, right? And if you have a, if you're thinking I have a bunch of money, lying around and I want to start a business, what do I do with it? Here's what you do with it. Come up with a TV service, right? A streaming service or cable, I don't care. Um, And instead of telling me this is the bundle of channels I would get with this package and this is the bundle of channels I would get with this package, charge me $50 a month or, heck, charge me $60 a month and tell me I can pick any 20 channels I want for $60 a month and you will have my service immediately. I will pay you for 20 channels for $60 a month if I get to pick those 20 channels because basically that's what I'm paying for now. I just have to pick and choose and then I have to upgrade and add all this extra stuff to get all the channels I want anyway. And then I end up with like 200 channels uh, which 180 of them I will never watch. So it's a waste of my time and I hate it. Uh, I... I'm looking to switch TV providers just because Comcast isn't going to get the ACC network. So that's going to be an issue. Uh, I look at PlayStation View. I can get the ACC network, but then I lose NBC and uh, Fox. So I lose the potential games that Liverpool plays on NBC. I lose Sunday Night Football. I lose Thursday Night Football. I lose games on Fox that are football. Uh, So that's a problem. Then I lose MLB playoffs. I lose... World Series. Playoffs. Yeah, I lose the World Series. So that's unacceptable. Uh, I go to Hulu TV. Okay, well, then I don't have CBS. Oh, great. So I can't watch the Ravens uh, if I ever want to. Um, <laughs> I can't. I go to YouTube TV, and I can't remember what I lose there, but I lose something else that is uh, equally as important for me. Um, and with all these streaming services, by the way, I don't get the Orioles. So fantastic. The really frustrating thing is I type in my home zip code where I grew up in Steven City. And if I lived in Steven City, PlayStation View would be perfect. I would have all the networks that I want, all the local networks. I would have all the channels I want, and I would be saving money when it's all well, said and done. Why don't you just go back? Just go back to where you came from then. I'm not going ans- to comment on that right now, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, I know it's frustrating. I uh, stuck with DirecTV, so I will be getting the ACC network. 
Uh, you're welcome to come watch those ACC network games at my house anytime. Um, just bring a bag of chips with you. We'll be good. And uh, we'll be uh, – it's it's tough. I It's at a transitional time right now for cable. I'm not saying it's it's always been great or it's been better, but I, I think – I think these streaming services are going to win out um, and where everything falls will be interesting. The sports packages are their own beast and they're costly. I mean, ESPN costs those cable companies more than others. So that's why they don't just give you 20 channels because then they would want to charge you more for actually having ESPN. That's the answer to that question. Um, but, but I'm not asking nice for the other 180. I'm asking for 20. I'll pay you more money for less channels. I just want the channels that I want. I, I hear you, but they're not going to do that. Also, why right. can't they get NBC, PlayStation View? If you know anyone that happens well, to work, which, TV by the way, didn't have CBS. PlayStation View will never hear this, so I don't care if I'm putting them on blast. But why can't they figure it out? Them on blast? Why can't they figure it out? NBC, just put them on. Put Fox on. I just want to watch that stuff. Why can't I get the national feed? Why does it have to be a local feed? Just give me the national feed. And when it goes to local yeah. news, black it out. I could care yeah. less. I'm not watching it for the local news anyway. I'm watching it for the freaking sporting event that I want to watch. It's on national TV <laughs> that I can't watch because, well, you don't have the local affiliate. And, uh, well, who well. are you going to get at 1 o'clock on Sundays? Who You're cares? You're not going to get the Redskins anymore. You, they got to they gotta know who your local team is, man. Oh, who so gives? So me as a Steelers fan, I Give I me the national the game. I don't care. Redskins Give me the national game. And if there the is national no national game in that game. time slot, black it out. Just I want Cincinnati game. Yeah. When the Major League Baseball playoffs and the World Series is being played, I want to be able to watch the World Series. When Liverpool's playing on national television on NBC, I want to watch Liverpool. Like, it's not hard. They don't localize the Premier League game. It's a national televised game. When it's a nationally televised thing, why can't you figure it out? That's my biggest beef, I guess. I have an answer for you, but we'll talk about it off air. Fine. Uh, what I know that you need to know, uh, Virginia Tech basketball recruiting, the big... The big thing everybody said when we got Jan as our head coach was, how is he going to be able to recruit? Joe, let me ask you a question. What more do you want him to do than what he's been doing right now? Get a Zion Williamson type player. No. Um, in all realism, no, being realistic, I, nothing. He's done a great job. He's done job. great. He's Absolutely done a great, great job, yeah. There's a guy last week that cut his list down to seven, and usually on this kind of guy, we're not even here at seven. We're on his list at seven. Duke is another one of the teams on this kid's list. You said bring in a Zion type Zion Williams. That's not a Zion Williams kind of guy, but it's still a guy that Duke is offering. So I will take it because I don't know how many other guys that we've had come to Virginia tech campus that was offered by Duke. Maybe talk to him, maybe had interest offer. I think it's a great sign right there. And that's just capping off. What's been a great summer, a great spring where he has gotten the roster filled back up. We are not, some incredible team that's going to win the ACC next year. I know that, but my expectations have not dropped down to a three win ACC team. We should be in contention for a tournament spot. We'll see how the season goes, but here in two, three years, we're right back where we were and I'm excited for that. And I have faith that he'll be able to keep us at that high level. Yeah, I think I'd like to see some in-game coaching might be part of this factor too, but the recruiting has been great. Yeah, the recruiting, he's done a good job, and I think, you know, if he can win games with Wofford, he can probably do it with this team. Uh, well, that will do it for us here on Yak Sports. We thank you for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. Like us on Facebook. You can also find us on there at Yak Sports Pod. 
Or you can email us if you don't have social media, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're somebody, following us. Somebody real smart just made all those the same, that the Yaksportspod. Some, some real genius did that. Yeah, I wouldn't know who that is. Um, subscribe on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. It might be the guy I work with at the radio station. But um, subscribe on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Tell your friends. Comment on the social media platforms when we post the episodes if you have them. Tell us what you think of our comments. Tell me why Chris Davis is worthy of my respect as a human being because I'm having a hard time finding it. And then uh, tell me if you have a solution to my TV problem, please help me. Um, look, preferably legal, but it's starting to get to a point where I don't even care anymore. Oh, well, then we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just help me out. Uh, I would really appreciate it. I just want the ACC network and I want to be able to watch live sports, I guess is my biggest point. Uh, but until next week, folks, thank you for listening and good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.